Hi, this is Christopher, and you're listening to Finding Japan, episode 57. I got a habit of listening to the music in my head to try and know when to uh, come in on the recording so I don't have to spend as much time editing. How are you, everybody? Everyone, thank you for listening yet again. <clears throat> this is going to be another one of those stories. Yes, yes, yes. I got great reception on the, the overcoat story. And I figured, while I'm wearing the overcoat, I might as well tell another story. It's Wednesday night, and I'm walking home from work. I'm realizing that Saizadia wine doesn't taste as good as I remember it. <laughs> I just got done eating a dinner at Saizeria. There's one nearly right across from where I work. It's very convenient. And um, if you're coming to Japan, you should definitely check out Saizeria. You can remember it real easily. If you're an English speaker, it looks like Saizaria. Um, at least that's how I was saying it before I knew how to say it correctly. But the way I remember how to say it is is that it sounds a lot like size area. So, size area. Um, size area is an Italian restaurant, or I should say an Italian-style restaurant. It's got quite a good selection of Italian-like food, including pastas and breads. But the thing that I like about size area more than anything is that it is so incredibly cheap. Let me give you an example. Today, or this evening, I should say, I got a meal called, uh, I gotta remember, it's the kanji for ground, it's the kanji for in, the kanji for sea, and the kanji for style. So it ends up being, uh, that's what two glasses of wine will do to you. It ends up being, is it chichu? Chichu kaifu. Chichu kaifu. And it basically it's a, it's a paella. Or paella. Whatever you call it. It's rice and various seafood. It's really good. It had some clams, some octopus and squid, all on rice and then all baked in a nice dish. It's really good. And I got um, a little bit of garlic toast on the side and um, half a decanter of wine. It doesn't, it may sound really big, but really it's, it's two glasses of wine. And it all came out to 848 yen, which is just about $8 based on current exchange rates. So you can get a small dish. I mean, it's not, trust me, it's not like going to Olive Garden in the United States where you're going to get filled up beyond belief and you're going to walk out wishing you'd never eaten Italian food there. Olive Garden's really good. I'm just, that's more of a commentary on the portions than the actual quality of the food. But like Olive Garden, um, the food's okay. But unlike Olive Garden, the portions are smaller. So you, you walk away, I guess, I mean, if you're a big eater, not feeling very satisfied. But for me, I've learned to eat less and, um, and, and drink more. <laughs> um, no, but it, I mean, for, I think the, 
250 milliliters of wine that you get in the small decanter is about uh, 190 yen, which is something like 178, 190. I'm sorry, $1.78, $1.90, somewhere around there. So, it's not too bad. Uh, but going to Saizeria actually has, has a purpose. It's something I like to do about twice a week. I don't really have a regular schedule for it. I kind of just walk out of work and say, hmm, do I feel like I need to go to Zyzeria? And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Let me explain. My time going to Zyzeria is actually to sort of reset. And it's a good time to sort of sit down and think about things and write some things down. It's a good time to try and um, unwind from work, to find some, some peaceful time and not really have to worry too much about jumping right on the train and doing the rush right after work. And uh, the, food's, the food's good and cheap, so you can take your time and eat a lot if you like and <clears throat> get a few drinks and not really have to break the bank in order to do it. So it's, an, it's just a really good environment to sort of unwind and I enjoy it. And this one's very quiet and very spacious. So today I was sitting down and I was thinking about the topic, Japan makes you busy. And I should preface this by saying that I'm the type of person who always needs something to do. And if you are like that, if you constantly need to be satisfied by learning new things or doing something that you find interesting or exploring new things, be careful in Japan. That's, I, I think, just the general advice I can give. Because since coming to Japan, it's made me feel as if I can take on a lot more than I really think I'm capable of. And that's what tonight's Saizeria session was about. It was about thinking about how to put more real time in my life and less stuff. There's been a few things that I've been doing lately, and I started making a list of all the eh, projects that I'm working on, per se. And I, I should back up a little bit. And I should say that, um, you know, I, I've been using GTD for a while, so I really know all the projects I'm doing. It's just how I go about executing them. And I was making a list of all these different things. And uh, I was thinking about all the uh, things that I'm doing simultaneously. Just for an example, let me tell you some of the projects I've been working on the last week been trying to get all of my vacation photos together from the summer and up on Flickr. I've been trying to do my taxes and get that stuff together. I've been trying to create a new budget uh, for the upcoming year and, the, and uh, the wedding with the fiance and everything. Oh, I thought I just turned the phone off for a second. I've been trying to um, learn more about investing just in general. Uh, I've been learning a lot very specifically from my job, uh, specifically uh, fixed income investment, investing, investment management, the fixed income investment process, all that great stuff. I've been reading that book about the brain and music. 
I've been, um, what else have I been doing? I've been enjoying some new video games. Um, I've been trying to do some productivity projects, just making my life easier. And I was thinking to myself, you know, when I come home, I spend about four hours on the computer. After spending about ten hours on the computer at work, it's kind of ridiculous. So, I was sitting there strategizing and trying to come up with some different ways of uh, solving this problem. And what I came up with was um, something that I'm going to try. And we'll see how it actually works. Um, I call it the, uh, the four-hour separation. I have, on average, about five hours to myself in the evening. Sometimes more around four, but... I'm going to take one hour to continue to do computer work and fun work and things like that. Basically, the general screwing around on the Internet. That keeps me connected to people and doing fun things. I'm going to take another hour to do some reading. And if the reading's on the Internet, I'm only going to allow myself a half hour, but I really want to finish some of the books that I'm currently reading. I'm going to take the third hour to do art. And that's things that I think really don't have a, an immediate goal tied to them, but just things that allow you to um, expand your mind, maybe. That's probably the wrong way to put it. Things that allow you to explore and to be creative. And then I'm going to take the final hour and do things uh, for life, which is basically spending time with people, contacting people, making phone calls, etc., just reaching out. And I think that that approach will fit pretty well. And I'm not, obviously, there's no need to be uh, extremely strict about it or to come down too hard on yourself when you don't meet the schedule exactly, but I think it'll work, and I'm, I'll talk a little more about that in a second, because I'm going to get on the train here, so I'll be back right with you. Talking, I used to be self-conscious while even talking on the phone and trying to podcast, but 
no longer doesn't even matter anymore because people just kind of look at you funny whether <laughs> you're doing something weird or not. So someone, I was having a conversation with someone the other day too, and they were just saying that I guess they just sort of expect foreigners to do weird things anyway. Okay, so this new four-hour deal. Why? Why is this necessary? Why? Uh, why am I doing this? Well, I mean, truthfully, it's not absolutely necessary. I could continue on. Uh, being neurotic about the things that I'm doing. But I find that if I have a little structure, it makes some of these things a little easier. And if I also put thought into it, as opposed to uh, letting my uh, obsessive behavior continue, then it uh, works out a lot better. Let me give you an example of the obsessive behavior. The other night I was <laughs> trying to uh, put together my finances, part partly because of the taxes thing, and also partly because um, I wanted a better way to be able to uh, <laughs> track everything. Um, basically been doing sort of like a, like a cash tracking as opposed to actually figuring out where my money's gone and then just watching the investment side of everything. But anyway, that's probably too much detail and I'm boring you. point is, I was putting everything into a new uh, piece of software to try and get my act together. And there were things I couldn't figure out. And I ended up spending, God, it had to be about six hours over the weekend just working on this one thing. It totally wore myself out. Why did I do this for six hours? I was thinking to myself afterwards. Well, probably because I thought I had to get it done right then and there, which isn't really true when it comes down to it. And two, um, it sort of lost track of time. It was, it was ridiculous. So I was thinking, well, what would have solved that? Well, if I had given myself, just mentally ahead of time, said, ah, I'm going to give myself a couple hours to get this done, then, uh, you know, it won't really, uh, it probably wouldn't have happened that way. So that's what I'm going to do uh, moving forward. I'm going to try that and see if it, if it works. And then the other reason why I chose those four categories, and it, wasn't a laborious process to choose these. It was fairly easy to do. Because a lot of what I do falls right into those categories. So, for example, the photography things that I want to do, uh, I would say fall into art. Uh, I don't know, like learning about uh, technical analysis of stocks probably falls into computer time. Or reading if I'm trying to find something new. Hmm and talking to my family members and such certainly falls under life. And that's something that uh, hasn't been getting enough time lately. And something that um, I think, you know, I think it's very easy to do is, and, and this is the whole reason why I'm doing this is because I'm trying to relate it back to life in Japan and try to um, relay some, my feeling about <clears throat> what it's been like to live here. This place is so busy and there's so much opportunity. If you're not, if you're somebody like me, it can become very overwhelming to think that you're not taking advantage of all of the opportunity. And um, there's so many things you can learn, so many things you can see, so many people you could meet. And if I'm not out doing stuff, then I end up feeling uh, like I'm missing out. In you know, I, I, that's probably true anywhere, but I think Japan, because of the speed of the lifestyle, 
um, it tends to exaggerate uh, that particular aspect of the life. But I think that if you, um, I mean, I am sure people probably end up doing the same thing in uh, other cultures and other countries, but for somebody like me, um, it's that much more exaggerated and that much more intense, especially being out here. It's like it's like being in Candyland, literally. It's like having everything at your fingertips. The internet's fast. If you like if you like doing things on the internet here, you're you, you forget it. If you get fiber to your house, you, you'll never leave for like the first two weeks you're here because everything you do will be fast. I think I uploaded an eight megabyte file the other night and it took about eight seconds. It was ridiculously fast. And uh, I'm laughing because I just did an interview with San Nakji from the SNA podcast and uh, he was complaining about how slow New Zealand internet was to the point where I think they're number 27 out of 28 in the entire, uh, what was it, DCU? I forget which grouping of countries that was, but there's the the only country worse than them apparently is Greece. So if you're an internet addict, or uh, if you like games on the internet and stuff like that, forget it. Um, make sure you sort of give yourself some limits and bounds when you come here to Japan. But I'm um, getting back to the topic at hand. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I found myself doing the very same thing, especially on the weekends where there's no real time barriers. So, at least for the weekdays, at least to start, I'm going to break things up this way. And the other thing I'm going to do that I think will be helpful is um, just spend less time on the computer itself. And I was thinking about this in terms of Twitter. Twitter's been really good to help me keep in touch with people while I've been overseas and to see what's going on. But I was thinking today, the way I use Twitter, do I really need to see people's updates every five minutes? No. Would I like to see what people are up, up, up to especially those who um, are not on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. I would love to see that. So um, I think I'm going to start batching up the Twitter and uh, mailing it to myself or doing something. Okay, I don't know if you hear that, but this is becoming a pet peeve of mine after almost a year in Japan. When the, when the train comes and the doors open up, it's almost like constant talking until people get on the train and the doors close, and it's really getting on my nerves. The other day there was someone in the, um, I think it was the uh, Itabashi station, this guy was, it's a high-pitched shrill, it was not even speaking, it was a shrill that started as soon as the doors opened and didn't stop until the doors closed. It's just unnecessary and annoying. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. My train's here now, though, so I'm going to have to let you go, and we'll finish this up on the flip side as I walk back uh, to my home. So catch you all soon. Bye.
You should be welcoming me back. <laughs> uh, I, I saw, I'm going to quickly change the subject here, but I saw two things that were pretty interesting. One surprising, one not very surprising, but both are very interesting. I was making a, uh, a transfer at a station, and uh, at one of the stations, the escalator was not working. And there were two people apologizing <laughs> that the escalator wasn't working. And I, I recorded it, and I threw it in there, uh, in the middle here. Well, I didn't yet, but, it, but I will have by the time this reaches your ears. So I'm not quite sure if you were able to hear it, but as you walk by, you hear one person apologizing profusely. And then as I get to the top of the stairs, you hear another person apologizing profusely. And I guess, I don't know, I guess it's kind of expected since it is rush hour and people want to use the escalator, but of course these are the people who will wait in line for about 30 seconds to get to the escalator when it could easily take them, I don't know, maybe 10, just to walk up the freaking stairs. So, but um, yeah, that was kind of interesting, so hopefully you were able to, to hear that. And uh, the second thing that I saw that was pretty interesting was um, at the top of one of the subway stations as right before the uh, the wicket there there were two uh, security guards who were actually armed with um, weapons, with guns which is uh, first I've actually seen so I don't know what type of security they were whether governmental or transportation related but I know that even the uh, police officers here do not have weapons and I've seen some of the cash handlers that work for security companies also not have, I shouldn't say weapons, let me, let me rephrase, firearms. And uh, I've seen these security professionals that carry cash for banks, etc., also without firearms. They just have uh, these sometimes telescop telescoping sticks 
sometimes just big wooden sticks. It's kind of interesting because, I don't know, if someone attacks you, I guess it's good to have the stick right there, but I mean, couldn't you easily just pick something up next to you, like a, a bike or, or a sign or something, and use it as effectively? I don't know. But yeah, both of those things were, were quite interesting. And uh, two, two other things that aren't as interesting but certainly noticeable in that time period. One is it's, it's snowing very lightly. It's kind of dri half drizzling, half snowing. And uh, people are still out with their umbrellas, even though it's really not necessary. And uh, two, I, when I got on the train, it was so crowded, the door smelled like body odor, <laughs> which I didn't think was possible. But there you go. That's some of the uh, interesting side of Japan there for you. But I want to get back to uh, my topic really quick, just to sort of cap it off. And I want to start by telling a kind of nerdy story. Um, I'm going to cover the fun now, just so it's not as windy. That's probably why it sounds all weird. But um, it was about maybe, I think about six weeks ago, where I went with Scott Lockman and Kara uh, Moon over to the Apple store to go to the uh, Tokyo Mac Users Group, which is called Ringo. And Ringo is, is Apple in Japanese, so it, I guess it's somewhat befitting of a Mac Users Group. And um, they are going over Automator, which is a, if, if you don't have a Mac or if you're not familiar with Automator, it's basically just a way to automate some repetitive actions in, in the Mac. And it tries to do it in a way where it makes a very visual base, so you can just kind of drag and drop things together. Well, one of the things they've added that I didn't know about was um, the ability to pull in RSS. So now I've been able to get my daily to-do list that I use um, in RSS every morning. So getting back to spending less time in front of the computer, uh, because Japan makes you busy, um, I'm also building a, uh, a script that tells me what I have to do every morning. So now on my iPod, I have my calendar, which tells me where I need to be. And I have a nice little audio reminder that I add to the front of my playlist for the morning um, that tells me what I need to do. So it's kind of nice. I just plug the iPod in in the morning before I leave and listen to a certain playlist on the way out, and I get all my to-dos, all the podcasts I like to listen to. And... Uh, I don't know. There you go. And then I'm on my way. So I'm going to try to include maybe the Twitter stuff in that, too, so I can listen to you all while I'm walking around and try to spend less time in front of the computer. But the only problem is, is I need to figure out <laughs> which hour this project fits into. Say la vie, or as in Japanese, they say, shoganai. walking home. I probably made that break sound like something really cool. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have time to go through CC Mixer again and put some interesting music in there. But if not, you heard my old band, Salo. Actually, I'll probably have to put that in there now that I said that. Damn it. 
Okay, anyway, um, almost home, but I wanted to say something kind of interesting, or an interesting observation. Time difference. Um, <laughs> obviously, Japan is uh, 14 hours ahead. Not obviously to somebody, or some people, but uh, obvious once you've been here for a while. Japan is 14 hours ahead of the United States East Coast time, which makes that 17 hours ahead of Pacific time. And um, I think that's, what, 13 and 16 when, when the U.S. is on daylight savings. So one of the things I thought was interesting is I was reading ABC News on my KTI while I was on the train, and there's all this Super Tuesday uh, news still coming in. They still don't know who the, uh, who the real winners are, and I'm surprised that some of these polls take till about midnight or 1 a.m. to finally shut down and get finished up. And I just thought it was kind of funny that um, it's, it's Wednesday night here in Japan, and I'm still hearing about Super Tuesday uh, more than a day later after it's over, so somewhat interesting there. But um, there's all sorts of fun time different stuff uh, that uh, you start to notice, especially if you have family overseas that you keep in touch with all the time. But I will say this, now that Daylight Savings is on, or off, I should say. Um, it, it is so difficult to keep in touch with people, especially if you're working full-time in Japan, because by the time you get home and you're tired, you, you want to crash. At least I do. Around 10 or 11, I start losing steam. And most people, um, if they have a job, they're already at work uh, by that time. And then by the time you wake up, 7 or 8, I mean, I guess you could catch people in the morning then, but it's a little too early for most people in the U.S. People have to wake up at, I don't know, what, like 5 or 6 in the morning just to talk to you. So it's kind of a bummer. So in that case, or because of that reason, I'm really looking forward to having uh, Linda here to spend some time with her since the uh, phone conversations just uh, are such a pain at the moment. So it's all in good fun. All in good, uh, it's all love, but uh, I'm ready for a change, <laughs> and uh, looking forward to that. So, with that, I don't know, I hope you enjoyed yet another small little anecdote about my life here in Japan. I hope you got something out of it, and uh, besides the fact that uh, I can be <laughs> neurotic with my time. But, you know, in a lot of ways, too, it does have its pluses. I... I I'm very productive, often too productive, I think, but anyway, enough of that, it's time to go, I'm almost home, I will let you go, but uh, before I do, actually I'm going to go through the door again, so, oh, there's something in the door, sorry Kelton, I can't give you the middle clang, okay, that's it everybody, I'll talk to you later, bye.